Welcome to the streaming worship service from the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, on this Sunday, August 23rd. Much has happened this week. Children have started back to school in various capacities. And a dear member of our parish family, Dale Donaldson, has started a new course of life through the doorway of death. We grieve with Joni and all who ache over his passing. And we think of the preciousness of life that surrounds each one of us and our children as they step into their future. May we all be open to the blessings of life and prize our moments together. Today's worship further develops our focus on rebooting, refreshing, and renewing our lives as we move into our new normal of life affected by this pandemic. In particular, we are starting a series on character with the encouragement to shape yours in the best of ways so that your soul blossoms instead of withers. Glad you have joined us. Let us worship. Our Psalter lesson this morning comes from Psalm 124 and reads like this. If it had not been for the Lord, who was on our side, let Israel now say. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when our enemies attacked us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then flood would have swept us away the torrent would have done us, gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. A snare, the snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who has made heaven and earth. Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. 
For any of our children, I'd invite you to come close to your screens, to come be a part of this time, because this time is especially for you. Our children's time, where we take a moment to talk with each other. I so wish that we were face to face or if we could find a way to communicate. So I'm gonna say that as I ask questions, if you wanna have your parents email me or text me your responses, I would love to hear from you so that we can start a conversation. But first, I want you to know that I sent an email to your parents this week uh, that has little children's bulletins for you that give activities that go along with the scripture that we're going to talk about. If your family didn't receive the email for any reason, please again email me and I'll update my list to make sure that you have these activities. And I'm super excited because in addition to the activities on the page, there's a secret code at the bottom where you can go online and play some games that help you engage with the Bible verse a little bit more. Today in worship, Pastor Walt's going to be talking about character. And I would love to hear what you guys think about character. What is character? What is your understanding of it? As Mark and Maya started back to school today, that's one of the things that her te their teachers were talking about. They started a conversation about what does it mean to have good character, to sit still, to listen to your classmates attentively, to say please and thank you, to wait your turn, among many of the other options that it could mean to have good character, to be someone who is respectable, that's a big word, someone who does things that give honor to others and help us to live lives that give honor to God as well. I hope that over the next few weeks as we talk about character, which is a big word, we may find ways in which we can be our best selves and let God's light shine through us. Will you guys join me in prayer? We'll do the repeat after me prayer, which will be a little strange since we're not together, but I hope that I give long enough pauses so that you can repeat after me. Let's take a moment to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for loving us. Help us to to do things that honor you, honor our classmates, honor our families, and honor ourselves. Help us to make choices that show that we have good character. Amen. Have a great week. I hope that these activities are fun for you and hopefully soon we'll figure out how to do Sunday school as well.
Let us pray. Awesome and almighty God, we thank you for knowing us in our inward most being, being present to us, creating us and setting us on this journey of life. We thank you for the free will that you have provided to us that allows us to make choices and to live lives that honor who we are. Help us to see who you have made us to be so that the choices that we make give honor to you, give us reputations of good character, of people who live faithfully, thoughtfully, virtuous lives. Lord, those places in our lives where we have fallen short of virtue and character, help us to see those places clearly so that we might be able to attend to them in thoughtful and caring ways, in ways that help us to get back on the path to honoring you and loving you to the best of our abilities. Let our wills come in line with your will so that as we venture on this journey of life, the things that we do, the words that we say, and the ways in which we live continue to shine your light to a world that so needs it. Lord, this day, there are so many prayers in our hearts and on our minds, and we take a moment to speak to you silently those prayers. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We ask you to hold the following people and situations in your light, offering healing, wisdom, insight, and peace at this time. Lord, we ask you to be with Joni Donaldson and her family as they grieve the passing of Dale this week. It was quick, sudden, and surprising. And we know that while, while we are thankful that he is at peace, we also recognize the hole that is left in Joni's life. And we ask you to offer her healing and comfort at this time. We lift up the, a prayer for the family of Lloyd Loomis as they laid his body to rest yesterday. We ask prayers for our new friend of the church who is now undergoing chemotherapy for treatment for her cancer. With the heat that is happening in our environment, we ask that you watch over our community and our world. Um, there are so many fires that have broken out across our state, and we ask you to watch over 
the firefighters and the first responders to be attentive to the needs of the communities as they think about rebuilding. We also pray for the Gulf Coast as they are preparing for tropical storms, Marcos and Laura. Lord, there are points in our lives where we continue to say, how long, how long will it be until we have some clarity, until we have some healing with all that is going on with the coronavirus, all of these other things that may have felt normal a year, or not normal, but less daunting a year ago, are overwhelming us now. Help us to give that anxiety to you so that we can continue to find joy and peace in this season of unknowing. Help us to continue to live lives that thrive and are productive and are full of joy, even in the midst of hard times. We say all of this joining together in the prayer that your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Love.
Your lesson this morning comes from Mark 7, verses 20 through 23, and it reads like this. And he said, It is what comes out of a person that defiles, for it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come, fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. May God add his blessing to the reading of these words. As we launch into our fall, school back in session to some degree or another, and church folk back on campus to some extent or another. Yeah, yes, you heard me say that right. We, we had a small group gathering uh, this last week, and uh, that seemed to have gone well. So we, we have permission for on-site gatherings, and we are uh, developing our ability to do that safely. And so... Keep posted. Uh, we may be we may be back on campus finally uh, in this next month of September. We pray, though, as we have come so far, that we might safely continue onward, shifting into however this new normal is going to be for us, and in doing so, discern. 
uh, new and varied opportunities of vibrancy and effectiveness in our faith and in how we live our lives. May God help us to not only persist, but to prevail and then to thrive. In our recent, recent worship experiences, Pastor Rachel and I have spoken about our hope for all of us to emerge from this part of the pandemic experience with a faithfulness of spirit that supports an openness of heart and mind to discover ways to be and become more so our better selves. We prayed that this would be our new normal, these better selves. We, we knew that dramatic change in habits and patterns broke open opportunities for new, for the different or the improved. And we wanted all of us to take advantage of that. So we herald these days in a positive way rather than just being depressed over them. These days is offering a, a wide possibility for all of us to become better by facing a difficult obstacle. Possibilities for us to reboot, to refresh and to renew ourselves. So we're hoping, we're praying that you have discerned this for yourself and that you are taking advantage of these opportunities. Now, as we thought prayerfully about this, we realized that many of us would need a reminding of some fundamentals, me included, some basics about life, about love, grace, success, about family, and about faith. And in re-examining them, we would be led to intentionally decide to reclaim some key lessons or understandings of discipleship that might have been misplaced along the way during our pre-pandemic lives. Now, while Pastor Rachel dives deep into our ministries with children, youth, and families, she's doing that this fall, helping us find our ways to have these important ministries occur well for us amid the challenges of all this physical distancing that is so important to our health. As she does that, I will be uh, leading us in worship to further explore this opportunity to reboot, to refresh, to renew. By looking at the concept of character, how our character is reflective of our soul's well-being, and how we might therefore shape and form a good character to the benefit of our soul. Because, you know, at the end of the day, or, or maybe better said accurately, at the end of our lives, we really are nothing but our souls. And its condition is of eternal importance to us. 
Our scripture encourages us in this spiritual enterprise. Jesus enumerates a series of poor behaviors and postures and then shares insights that sin comes from internal attitudes and thoughts. Using the issue of food taboos and diet restrictions, he makes the big point. It is not what we take in that defiles. It is what comes out of us that defiles. Here's the important statement from the passage. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Inward qualities drive forward outward situations. Getting our thinking and our feeling aligned with the value, the values and the will of God is crucial for behaving rightly. The state of our soul is reflected in the condition of our character. Let me say that again. The state of our soul is reflected in the condition of our character. So let's take a moment to consider the notion of character. I think back to David Brooks' widely popular book that was called The Road to Character. And in it, he writes about the importance of building a good character for a good life and and how we harm something inside if we succumb to poor choices, and, and that is our soul. And he stresses the significance of disciplining ourselves to build our good character. Now, I've got to confess that I thought to myself how familiar all of this sounded to me, a, a preacher. Yet there was a dawning awareness that character is a concept I have not used much, though I've preached about things that affect one's character to the good, I've never really spoken directly to the topic of building a character. So it's about time. I heard about a sociological study done at Notre Dame University some years back in which the students were asked to write about a moral dilemma. Now they had a terrible time doing this assignment. It wasn't that they were bad kids, it was just that they did not have the vocabulary to frame the discussion of morality. How come? Brooks remarks that in the 50s, certain words slipped out of common usage. You may anticipate what I'm got to say here. He mentions the words sin and soul and redemption and grace in particular. By the late 1980s, Carl Menninger had written a book entitled, Whatever Became of Sin? How our society was changing was getting the attention of thoughtful people. In an interview for 
a newspaper highlighting Menninger's observation. Brooks was recorded as, as commenting. You know, and if you don't have those words, whether you are religious or not, it's hard to have a conversation about morality if you don't know what virtue is or what character means. It's time for us to reclaim some of our classical language of faith. Because, you know, it will help us to set a course for a better life. So then, how are we going to define character? Yeah, it's, it seems to be kind of an archaic concept nowadays, doesn't it? Kind of old-fashioned. Perhaps we would use the word self or identity more now, but that doesn't quite get to it. It's not quite adequate because something is left out when we just talk about self and don't talk about soul. And, and I think what's left out is that divine connection that we think is a part of us when we talk about soul. You know, character is defined as the qualities that distinguish you from others. It's kind of general. The way someone thinks, feels, and behaves. Well, that's getting a little bit more to it. Like, like someone's personality, a set of qualities. Here's one that I like. It's, it defines character as the aggregate of features and traits that forms a person's nature. I think that's more to it. Now, when you think about it, Character is actually a value-neutral term, though we don't always use it that way. Wow, well handled, somebody would say. She's got character, meaning good. Or someone else might say, oh boy, what a character that guy is, meaning, well, not so good. In The Road to Character, Brooks examines a number of remarkable people from history and notes that they shaped their character. And as you read the book through, it becomes clear that some of these illustrations have better characters than others and all have flaws to some degree in their characters. I think of how he presented Samuel Johnson, who was uh, physic had, had had very many physical disabilities to the point of being very scary and ogre-like. He was described to other people, and and that created a great deal of self-loathing of his of himself, which he had to work on and to develop a a sense of uh, self-acceptance in his life. Brooks talks about Dwight Eisenhower, how he had a terrible anger issue and also engaged in adultery, and how important it was for him to develop steady, almost ritual habits to provide himself a sense of self-control, to mitigate his desires in, in ways that he knew were not good. He talks about Dorothy Day being reared in poverty and in loneliness, feeling abandoned, uh, 
and how she had to work so hard to alter the impact of those qualities and feelings upon herself to discover committed love and, and spirituality. She's, uh, I think, thought of as one of the saints of the Roman Catholic Church of modern time. Sense of community and, and solidarity with people who are abused and marginalized. And so this would be the critique that I'd bring forward to our thoughts about the notion of character. It's not the having of a character that is most important because we all have this, but rather it's the possessing of a good character. The striving after which is the hallmark of a life well spent, a life that has danced with the divine, I would say, a life that can go to sleep with a clear conscience. And this is what we seek through these upcoming weeks of sermon and worship. We seek a moral rigor. Boy, doesn't that sound archaic to say that phrase. We seek a moral rigor that bears good fruit from our lives. Not a haughty or defensive self-righteousness, we're not after that, that judges others or makes broad allowances for our own pet faults. We're seeking to sidle up to Jesus, and become a reflection of how he would want us to be. And so we're not going to join the postmodern celebration of the individual self as being implicitly good. And in many ways, yes, but we're not going to just go there and we're not going to talk about the unimpeded and expressive self-actualization as that which is good in life. Because honestly, we know better. We know too well where we end up when we allow the unharnessed tongue to run. And we know too well the wiles of self-absorption to dominate the good of the whole. Now, it may be, I don't know, his generational crudgemundiness coming out or or perhaps his, his newly awakened faith. I'm talking about Brooks. He, he went through a transition in the writing of this book and in the years after it. But he recognizes in this book, and we need to take to heart, because this is biblical, that we humans need discipline, moderation, an intentional change for the better to become our best. There is a weakness to us, to the human, that needs attention 
and correction or management for us to be our best, for us to be good and helpful members of the community. Well, we're going to talk more about this next week and in the weeks subsequent. For now, though, let me ask a, a favor of you, a, a homework excitement, a, a assignment, if you will, to take an inventory, to take a look at yourself under the light of how you would define character, perhaps how I have suggested this morning, and, and make a self-assessment of your character. Keep it private, keep it to yourself. You don't need to humble yourself or brag in front of others. Just keep to yourself, but be honest about it. Who are you? What are those qualities that in the aggregate create yourself? And as you do so, hold tight to God's grace because he wants this, God wants this to be a helpful growing process, not a process of, of self-injury or debasement. We're looking, we're looking to see who we are and how as we take a good serious look at who we are, we might be more who God would have us be. by thinking about our character. Because our character reflects the well-being of our soul. And it is in our soul that we are connected to God. We want that to be healthy, not ill. So we're going to do some soul work this fall. We're going to take some honest looking at ourselves. We're going to use this opportunity of broken habits and patterns created by the pandemic to rally around the words of rebooting and refreshing and renewing. We're going to be celebrating the possibilities that are presented to us through these terrible days of, of looking in the face, thanks to these terrible days, of our real self. And with the power of God's love and grace loose in our lives, we're going to look at ourselves and we're going to say, well, here's a place to improve. Here's a place where some self-discipline or here's a place which if I actualize this more fully in my life, things will be better for me and my loved ones and for my community. Here's a place where I can stretch, where it feels good to stretch, where I become a better version of myself by stretching. We'll do some soul work together this fall and see if we can assemble the building blocks and construct a good character. Rebooting, refreshing, renewing, that which is sacred and blessed within us and thereby helping us set a course for a better 
life. All of God's blessings go with you in this enterprise. And may God's spirit be reflected in your thoughts, your words, and your deeds. Amen. Here's the amazing thing. We have a God that loves us so much that God continues to reach out to us to extend love and grace, wisdom and knowledge so that we may grow into the individuals that God has called us to be. That is the good news, that God has offered us redemption, that God has offered us new life. Now is the time in our worship service where you have the opportunity to contemplate on how God's blessings have enriched your lives, how God has run down the road to meet you when you have turned around and said, I need God in my life, and how God has continued to bless you as you have journeyed with our Lord. As we think about the ways that God has blessed our lives, offered us redemption and new life through Jesus Christ, we also think about how we might be the church in action, representing God to the world. Now is the time that you have the opportunity to give so that we can continue to do the ministry that is so important for our community so we can continue to build, so that we can thrive, and we can bring the hope and the knowledge of who God is and how God helps to shape us into people that have good characters each and every day. I hope that you will prayerfully consider how you might give in a way that continues to build the kingdom of God.
Well, we hope you had a good worship and that you feel spiritually nurtured and edified so that you might embrace this week with the fullness of a faith that overflows with love and with grace. You know, it's important to be our best selves for our families and for our community, especially these challenging days. We know you can. We all covenant together to try. Be safe, stay healthy, know that you are loved. Amen.